good evening. Thank you, Matt. Praise team band. If you would, turn in your Bible. We're going to just take a short excursion in Galatians chapter 3 as we prepare for the supper tonight. Let's ask the Lord to bless our time. Lord, thank you. Indeed, we can sing amen because Christ is our story by grace through faith from beginning to end. May we understand that story even better tonight and may we love him more tonight as we avail ourselves to these vital means of grace so that we might grow, that we might be conformed to Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Polly Toynbee is a popular opinion columnist in Great Britain, and she is vice president of the British Humanists Association. And she reviewed the movie when it first came out, The Chronicles of Narnia. And in her article, in her review, which she audaciously titled, Narnia rep represents everything that is most hateful about religion, she wrote these words, of all the elements of Christianity, the most repugnant is the notion of the Christ who took our sins upon himself and sacrificed his body in agony to save our souls. And then she adds, did we ask him to? Of course, she is a secular humanist. Secular humanist believes that you can have fulfillment and, and self-actualization and even morality and a civil and ordered society without God. That's a secular humanist. But secular humanists aren't the only ones who deny this notion of Christ substituting himself for us. There is a branch of Christian known as the liberal Christian. And in his 1934 book, the Kingdom of God in America, H. Richard Niebuhr described the belief system of liberal theology with these well-known words. A God without wrath brought man without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. That's liberal theology. A case in point, just a few years back, maybe you remember this, the wrath of God became a point of controversy in the decision of the PCUSA, now that's the Presbyterian Church USA, not to be confused with the PCA, uh, the PCA Church, which we, they, those are our friends, our brothers and our sisters, but PCUSA decided to exclude from their hymnal the Getty song, in Christ alone. And, and the reason for that, they loved the song. And that's why it was such a debate and it was such an angst for them. But they could not get past the third stanza and the line in this third stanza. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. In defense of the PCUSA, one of their pastors said that lyric 
comes close to saying that God killed Jesus. He said, the cross is not an instrument of God's wrath. Sends chills down my back to even say that in a pulpit. I wish that was an isolated case, though, in a, in a liberal denomination. But that kind of thinking has even reared its head in the Southern Baptist Convention. For example, the former editor of the Alabama Baptist newspaper, I won't give his name, but he agreed with the PCUSA. And in his words, this is what he said, that is not how I understand the Bible. And that's why I do not sing the phrase, the wrath of God was satisfied, even though I love the song, in Christ alone. Well, suffice to say, contrary to those views, the Apostle Paul says that if the wrath of God is not satisfied in the Son of God, it'll be satisfied in us. Paul, in Galatians 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 10 to 13, we'll move through this quickly, is addressing the most important question that can ever be asked. How can one enter into fellowship, a relationship with a God who is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable? in his holiness, and in his righteousness. And Paul says there's only two possible answers to that question. Two alternatives. The first is the principle of the law. You obey. You, you earn merit by obedience. We saw this morning that that's not a, even a possible solution. The second is the principle of faith, which is grounded by the finished work of Jesus himself. But notice in verse 10, the first alternative is living by our works, living by our works. In verse 10, he says, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So if you look in verse 9, verse 9 is about those who are of faith. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So verse 9, the person is blessed. But in verse 10, the one who is relying on his works or his obedience is under a curse. This was a quotation, in fact, Paul is going to depend largely here in the, on the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy 27, verse 26. Cursed is anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. He's quoting Deuteronomy. Well, notice in verse 11, now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. <clears throat> For the righteous shall live by faith. So here he quotes Habakkuk 2 verse 4. The righteous shall live by faith. You know, it was this verse, along others, that had a massive impact on Martin Luther, 
who was the spearhead behind the, the Great Reformation. And here's what he said. He said, before those words broke upon my mind, I hated God and was angry with him. But when by the Spirit of God I understood those words, the just shall live by faith, then I felt born again like a new man. I entered through the open doors into the very paradise of God. And this is one of the great truths of the Reformation. In Latin, sola fide, faith alone. Conversely, notice in verse 12, But the law is not of faith. In other words, obedience to the law. If you're relying obedience, rather, the one who does them shall live by them. So here he quotes another Old Testament verse. And that verse is Leviticus 18.5. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my laws. If a person does them, he shall live by them. This is Nike theology, just do it. That is what Paul is saying. If you want to rely on that, it's not going to end well for you. The one who depends on obedience, I have to live by them. And so this is the first alternative. It's living by your own merits, your own obedience. The second alternative, we're just going to look at one verse, verse 13. The second alternative is living by faith. And this accords with what we looked at this morning in John chapter 6. Notice in verse 13, this is one of those verses that would be good for you to memorize. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So someone who says that Jesus did not become a curse is either ignorant of the Scripture or they outright reject the Scripture. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Again, Paul alludes here to Deuteronomy 21, 23. Now, if this is the first time, and I know it's not, but try to imagine this is the first time you've ever read these words they should shock us to the core. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. That's the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, eternally generated of the Father, became a curse. A.W. Blunt says this, the language here is startling, almost shocking, not almost. We should not have dared to use it and yet Paul means every word of it. Now, what does it mean? It can only mean one thing. The curse of verse 10. Let's go back to verse 10. All who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. The curse of verse 10 and the curse of verse 13 is the same curse. The curse of the law from which Jesus redeemed us is the curse residing on us for our disobedience. Every criminal sentenced to death under the old covenant was usually stoned. 
Suppose there were some exceptions, but generally the death sentence meant you were stoned. And then after having been stoned, you were hung on a tree as a symbol of divine rejection. That's under the law. And here it is saying, Christ became a curse for us. He was hung on a tree as a symbol of divine rejection. And incidentally, that's why the Jews had a major problem with the notion that Christ was crucified. And Paul says that the cross is foolishness to the Gentiles. And the Greek word there is moron, moron, where we get the word moron, it's moronic. But it's a scandal to the Jew. Why? Cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree. But this text gives us three affirmations that you have to know, you have to embrace if we are to understand the gospel. Here they are as we approach the table. The first is this, Jesus was cursed. Jesus was cursed. Now you can reject that, but you're rejecting the authority of the word of God. Jesus was cursed. Secondly, Jesus was cursed by God. Jesus was cursed by God. See, Jesus is delivering us from the curse. Our greatest problem is not health. Our greatest problem is not a relationship. Our greatest problem is we're under the curse of God. Jesus was cursed by God. And the third that we need to understand here, if we're to understand the gospel, Jesus was cursed by God for us. He was cursed by God for us, for us and our salvation, to use the language of Nicaea. In other words, the dilemma of verse 10, we're under the curse, is resolved by the remedy of verse 13. He became a curse for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you so loved us that you gave your only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, the one who became a curse for us, the one who never sinned, who was holy and blameless, undefiled, but our sin was imputed to him so that when he was on the cross, it was as if every believer in this place tonight was on the cross. He was cursed for us. And when he was raised, the reverse, the curse was reversed. The, the verdict of the curse was reversed in the Son of God. And Father, that's why we worship you through the Son of God tonight by the Spirit of God. And Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today. If you felt the Lord leading you to respond today, whether that was to receive Christ for the first time or to take your next step in baptism, or if you have a prayer request, we want to start that conversation with you. Visit lakeviewbaptist.org contact to get in touch with one of our pastors. And as always, you can stay connected with us through our social media and website.